Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm Mindong. Um, normally, we'd be counting down the days until the college season begins, but you know, there's a new official start day. Yeah, and uh, that will be in our breaking news, but uh, lots of other stuff going on. I mean, school has both started for both of us, so episodes are going to be here and there. I mean, thankful, thankfully, the thing is we get to do this during school, so it's pretty good just to, like, get all this done during school rather than in the afternoon or in our free time. So, uh, yeah, just very excited to get back into it. Uh, hopefully, we get into the studio sometime soon. Uh, we don't officially go back to school for another week or so. But uh, we're hoping that we can do something in the studio uh, when it all is said and done and we can actually get back to school. So, uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and, yeah, the official start date is November 25th. So now 68 more days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah. And uh, with all that, lots of new dates have been made. Uh, a lot of these tournaments, pre preseason tournaments uh, that we talked about, uh, earlier, when we had all those predictions and pregame and previews and all that stuff, a lot of those dates and locations have been moved. So that's going to be pretty tough. I mean, I know, for example, Orlando and Mohegan Sun are hosting now three, four, five, even tournaments, uh, all through a span of different dates. So those dates have definitely changed from our last uh, tournament previews, which we did about a month or so ago now. But, uh, yeah. And recruiting dead period also have, has been extended to January 1st. Uh, which might include ticket sales for fans. So pretty much no contact with the high school's uh, prospects uh, in person at least for now until the new year starts. And uh, the official start for team practices will now be on October 14th, uh, and six weeks prior to the season. And it will be eight hours a week, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And also the teams now have options to decide on what their season should look like. Uh, there's three different options that the NCAA has proposed. Uh, the first one, 24-game regular season and a three-game multi-tournament, which are some of those uh, previews that we talked about earlier. 25-game uh, regular season, two-game multi-tournament, and also the last one, 25-game regular season and no multi-tournament. So, and also the minimum amount of games to play is 13 now. But uh, with all this being said, college basketball is officially back. So we are excited for it. We're ready for it. And it's just going to be a couple couple weeks longer now, but the wait the wait's worth the while. And that's that's what we like to say. So, uh, what 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 approach should these teams take uh, based on those three scheduler options I just mentioned? I don't know. I think the more games, the better. Looks better on the resume. Uh, you can schedule a lot more better teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for me, uh, I think these teams should at least take participation in the multi-tournament game. Uh, those those are just huge resume like boosters when you look at who makes it into the tournament, and who doesn't, and just there's a lot of good teams that are going to be in those tournaments. So if I were if I were a college basketball team, uh, I would definitely take that chance to be in one of those multi-game tournaments and just see what you're doing, see what you're made of, see what you're proven. And uh, I know a lot of those ones, like we said, are still going to be happening. So teams should definitely take advantage of those and just get, just get prepared and be ready for them. Mm -hmm. uh, next piece of breaking news, five-star recruit Nathan Biddle has committed to Oregon, 610 center from California, chose Oregon over UCLA, Gonzaga, and Arizona. He is ranked 16th in the class of 2021, uh, ranked third for centers, first recruit for Oregon's class of 2021. Thoughts? Yeah, I think this is very big news for Oregon. I'm repping the Oregon sweatshirt right now, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't really gotten any prospects yet. And Biddle is the first one they've gotten. I mean, they usually have a decent recruiting class every year. And last year, last year was all right. I mean, they got a couple of good guys, but I think I think this one could be a lot better with the start of Biddle. I think a lot more will follow him and. A lot of guys still really haven't made decisions or cut lists for their actual schools in 2021. So I think a lot of more, a lot more people will have Oregon on their cut lists uh, in their top five, top seven, however many they have. So I expect Oregon to get a couple more high quality recruits, but just getting middle as a start is very huge for this team. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, there's long ways to go for, for the recruiting. We, we, we're going to have so much to cover. This is just the start of it. Yeah, and that's that's a, that's really all we have for recruiting and breaking news right now, which is pretty surprising. We usually have a lot more, but uh, yeah, and now we have a lot of uh, transfers now to cover. Uh, there's a couple of very high quality transfers in here, and who have sorry waivers who have gotten waivers. So uh, yeah, we'll talk about the waivers right now. Uh, first one we have is Raymond Hawkins from Long Beach State. He's a transfer from Alabama. He only played one minute a game, six games played. Does have three years remaining. Uh, we already did cover Long Beach State in our Big West preview. Uh, both, of the, both of us had them in the top five. Uh, and with all this being said, will you see some improvements in high major transfer in Hawkins being eligible for Long Beach State? Yeah, um, I don't know where I had Long Beach State. I think they were a dark horse for me. I'm not so sure about that. But, yeah, I definitely can see them in the top three now. Yeah, and you, you had them fifth, and I did have them fourth. Uh, I definitely see them – being around that three, four, five range as still uh, with Hawkins, it just makes their chances even better to crack the top three. And I think they definitely have a chance to do so, but those top three teams in the Big West still very dominant. So I think they will move up a couple, one spot, but it's going to be a very tight race now for those top four teams in the Big West. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have Jamal BMI uh, from out of UTEP. He's a transfer from Oklahoma, five points four rebounds and three assists in 32 minutes a game for Oklahoma, two years remaining. Uh, UTEP, they were ranked seventh by me and 10th by you in the uh, Conference USA previews. Uh, do you think UTEP will be a legit contender now? Yeah, I think this is a very big uh, waiver here for UTEP. Uh, obviously, they have a couple other guys coming in and just getting an enemy. The, tra- the waiver here is just huge for them. Uh, I definitely, I definitely will move them up a lot more now. Uh, tenth was pretty low for them, but I think they're definitely around that six, uh, five, six, seven range now. Uh, I think they're gonna move up a lot more spots than where I had them. So yeah, I definitely see them moving up, and I still believe they will be towards the top half, but probably towards that top of the middle half, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I just think Conference USA is kind of top heavy. UTEP is, is slowly creeping up, but I, I don't think they're quite there yet. Yeah, and uh, next one we have is Tyrese Martin out of UConn, transferred from Rhode Island, uh, averaged 13 points a game, seven rebounds a game this past season. Well, they have two years remaining. Uh, this is a very huge waiver for the, all, all the Big East, and Martin's probably going to be a potential starter for UConn next year and their first year in the Big East now. And with all this being said, uh, is UConn an emerger for the third team in that Big East race with Villanova and obviously um, Creighton? Uh, definitely. I, I've been saying I think UConn will finish third in the Big East, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that. It, it looks even better. Yeah, uh, I gotta agree with you now. I, w- I was a little skeptical about it at first, but with this waiver here and Martin, I think they're definitely that third emerging team in the big in the Big East. So yeah, I think no question there. UConn's gonna be a very nice team in their first year in the Big East. Obviously, they're with uh, 
big hitters down in the bottom of our conference previews. So we will get to them probably in September, late September, November probably. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is just huge for them getting a potential starter here in Martin. And you know, you know the coach Hurley. He's going to be very pumped about that. He's a very underrated coach. So I'm excited to see what he does with this team the first year in the Big East. Mm-hmm. Next, Noah Fernandez from UMass. He's a transfer from Wichita State. One and a half points, one and a half rebounds in 10 minutes a game this past season. Three years remaining. Uh, he's a local kid coming back to the state of Mass. Uh, UMass, they, they look like a pretty solid team this upcoming season. Do you think they'll have a top half finish in the A-10? Yes, I definitely think they will. I'm very excited about this UMass team. Uh, this is one of the most uh, excited teams I am for all of the Massachusetts teams. Uh, probably them in BC and you can, you can mention a couple others but I think those two have the best chance at being successful when looking at the max teams and uh, yeah I mean with with everyone coming back and Trey Mitchell just coming back for one more season uh, it's only a sophomore season and I think he's gonna make a big jump and getting Fernandez here is very good for them for the bench uh, so yeah I definitely think this team will be a top half team in the A-10 uh, will they crack the top five I'm not too sure because those top five teams are very good, but they definitely have a chance to be uh, one of those teams um, just looking outside in uh, for the top five at least. So very excited to see what this team does, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, I, I feel like they are a middle-of-a-pack team as well. Uh, that that middle-of-the-pack group is, like, crowded, so it could be anywhere from, like, six to, to 11, if you ask me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. And uh, next waiver we have is Mike Peak out of Austin Pay, uh, transfer from Georgia, averaged two and a half points a game and two rebounds a game, only played nine minutes a game this past season. He will have three years remaining. Uh, Austin Pay obviously looking to be the repeat contenders of the Ohio Valley Conference, uh, which we'll be covering very soon. Uh, with all this being said, do you think Austin Pay is a clear front favorite for the Ohio Valley Conference? 100%. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. Uh, with Belmont losing up on Adam Cook now, I think Austin Pay is definitely the front runner once again. So, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about them probably within the next two weeks, but I definitely think they're the front runners here. Mm-hmm. And the biggest name out of all the waivers is Jamarius Burton out of Texas Tech. Waiver, waiver oh, he's a transfer from Wichita State. Ten and a half points, three and a half rebounds, three and a half assists this past season, two years remaining. This is a huge waiver for Coach Beard. Um, will Texas Tech be a legit contender when we thought next year was their, their year? I definitely think they will be now. Uh, obviously, I still believe next year is going to be their year. But this year, it's just a lot more clear. And I think they're going to be a very good team. But next year, I think they're going to be a great team. Uh, when, when looking at the Big 12, uh, I think this team will be in the top five. Uh, the Big the Big 12 is a very competitive conference now with Jamaris Burton getting the waiver here. Uh, you got Kansas Baylor, who always there. You got Texas emerging as a good team. You got now Texas Tech. They're going to be a pretty solid team. West Virginia is going to be back. And, yeah, you could go on and on about who's coming back. So I definitely think Texas Tech will be a top five team. Will they crack the top three? It's going to be a tough race between those three teams I just mentioned. So we're going to have to see, but I definitely think they have a good chance of doing so. Mm-hmm. Well, I still think they're they're at that number three spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, they do drop down to five, six, seven. It's just Big 12 is just that loaded this year. Yeah. And with all these waivers being said, it is now time for the main topic of the episode, the Mid-Atlantic Athletic Conference, also <laughs> known as the MAAC. Uh, there are – 
11 teams in this conference, if I'm not mistaken. And you know the deal by now. Uh, I, I don't even know if I have to explain it anymore, but I will if you are new. Uh, for these conference previews, we go player of the year, dark horse, and then our rankings from 11 all the way to one. So another very exciting conference here. Uh, this one was a little bit difficult towards the middle of the pack, but the top and the bottom teams are pretty easy to figure out. So with all that being said, who is your player of the year for the MAAC? I don't think this is even a question, but it's Jalen Paquette of Siena. This race is over before it's even started. I got to agree with you on this one. Uh, this is a clear front runner, and Siena, they're looking to be back-to-back. -back. Uh, obviously, MAAC champs. I mean, the season didn't technically finish, but they're probably going to win it all. But uh, I do have a runner-up here, and that is going to be Devion Hammond at Monmouth. Yeah, I mean, I, th I just think he's definitely the second, close second. Uh, you could say close, quote-unquote, second. But uh, I believe, although Monmouth does lose some firepower, Hammond does return as a top option. He averaged 16.5 points a game, three rebounds a game, and one assist per game this past season. Uh, looking for another top three finish again, and I definitely think they have the pieces to be able to do so. Yeah, um, dark horse. I have Monmouth here. Um, like you said, Hammond, he He's one of the other few guys that are classified as a star in the conference. So I have Monmouth here. He, he's going to take them as far as he, as he can. And his supporting cast is, is pretty all right as well. Yeah, I mean, they do lose out on a couple of guys who we'll mention when we do our actual rankings. But uh, I definitely see them as a top three team once again in the MAAC. Uh, my dark horse is kind of an e easy one, but I think it's going to be Niagara. Uh, this team's coming off a middle-of-the-pack finish, and they're just looking to make a step up in the MAAC. Most teams uh, don't really have anything to move up, but Niagara definitely does. They only lose one starter, also lose their sixth man. So I do have very high expectations, and I think they can just make that step in the conference. Uh, that, the other Hammond in the conference, uh, he'll definitely take a big step in his production and scoring, and he's going to be a very reliable option for them, as he was last year. Mm -hmm. um, number 11. Uh, this is the first time I feel like we've, we've disagreed with the last place team. Uh, I have fair few here. This, this is actually not an obvious last place team. There could have been multiple teams that, that could have taken this last place spot, sadly. Um, but Fairfield does seem the most suspect since they've been the bottom three team for a while and they lose a ton. Yeah, they definitely do lose a ton. I was debating between Fairfield and, my, and your number 10, which is Ryder. So I was going back and forth on who I should put last. And after it all being said and done, I did decide to put Ryder here at number 11. Uh, they were a top four team in the MAAC last year, um, just moving to a bottom four team now, probably even a bottom three or two team. Uh, without their top option, Demencio Vaughn and the other four starters on this team, uh, I think it's just scoring and everything, every single aspect will be lacking for this team uh, as it was this past season. Uh, obviously, without Vaughn, your top scorer, he obviously transferred out to Ole Miss. Uh, it's just going to be a tough, tough season, I believe, for Ryder. Definitely a rebuilding year, looking to come back in 2021 and just make some noise like they did this past season. So this is definitely a rebuilding year for them. So I'm excited to see what they can do and how they can get better for 2021. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, I have Ryder at number 10. They lose all five starters, three to graduation, two to uh, high major ranks. A long rebuild ahead for this team. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, the first year is probably going to be the hardest for them, but if they can start to figure things out, they might move up a couple spots, but that rebuild is going to be very long and hard, like you said. Uh, 
I do have Fairfield here, number 10. Uh, I decided to put this team one spot up uh, just because they do have a couple of guys coming back, and one of them being the top option and Cruz. Uh, but this team is going to be a bottom three team in the MAC. Uh, that happened for the past few years, and I think they will remain uh, towards that bottom. Uh, they do lose three starters, and they lose a couple pieces on their bench. Uh, so they don't really have anyone to score the ball besides their top option and Cruz, like I said. Supporting cast is lacking, so that's why I got Fairfield here at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine, I have Quinnipiac here. They lose their inside-out duo of Kevin Marfo and Rich Kelly, both to the high major ranks as well. Um, although there are others that are back, the star power just isn't there for them to make a, a deep run into this conference. Yeah, I got a Quinnipiac here, number nine as well. Their options are just not going to be there this year, like you said, with the loss of Kelly and obviously Marfo. They do return uh, Williams, who was their third option, and they do return a lot of the bench. So I think this will be a little bit of a struggle this year, just moving from a middle-of-the-pack team towards that bottom half of the pack team. So I definitely think it's a one-step, uh, one-year step back, but I think they will be back up to the middle of the pack uh, in 2021, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, I have Marist here. This is another program that struggled minorly, um, but they look like they're going to make a jump in the right direction this year. Although they lose a lot of points, they haven't lost as bad as the other teams below them. Yeah, I, I agree with Maris here, number eight. Uh, this team did finish last in the conference last year. Like you said, going to try and move up a couple spots, which they will be hopefully successful in doing so. Uh, but they do lose two stars, and this team just has no double-digit scores at all. And like you said, scoring the ball is going to be a clear difficulty for this Maris team. So they're going to need someone to step up and score these points, or else this team will just be back in the bottom three like they were this past season. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven. I have – I don't even know how to pronounce this, is it? Kinesis? Yeah, Kinesis. Um, while, while they do bring everyone back, they, they still have an average team at best. And look for them to compete in 2021. Yeah, uh, I do have the one spot higher. Uh, this might be a big one here, number seven, uh, for the whole conference. I have St. Peter's here at number seven. Uh, you might be wondering, yes, didn't this team finish second in the conference last year? Yes, they did. But I do not believe this team will have the same success as they did last year. Uh, they do return two starters, and uh, they just after that, they just lose out on everything else. Uh, they lose their pretty much their entire bench, and they lose the other three starters as well. So uh, this is a very optimistic take here, but I do not think this team will have an impressive run like they did this past season. I believe this team will just be a middle-of-the-pack team this year. And in that middle-of-the-pack, probably towards the bottom half of that middle pack. So... Very big take here, but I, I see St. Peter's just having a bit bad drop-off here this year. Mm-hmm. And I have a big take coming up. I have Iona at number six. I feel like people are putting Iona way too high on their, on their MAAC preview. Uh, yes, they do have an all-time great as a coach in Rick Pitino. Um, they do have six new recruits, but the recruits, you know, they're not really mind-blowing recruits. They're just, just regular recruits. Maybe they're under the radar. We'll have to see how they how they pan out. Um, but, yeah, this is also the first year in this process. Huge roster turnaround. Chemistry is going to be a problem. So this is definitely going to be a long-term thing. Um, this year is definitely just not their year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm one of those guys that has that might have them a little too high in their books. But uh, I think they do belong in this 4, 5, 6 range. I personally do believe with that. So I just have them a little bit higher on that range. But uh, I'll talk about them later. 
Uh, I do have Kinesis here at number six. This team does lose one starter, but I do bring back essentially everyone else. Uh, this team's going to be looking to be uh, one of those bottom three teams moving up to the middle of the pack. And I definitely think this year they're going to be able to do so. Do return the top option to Brandon for next year, which is very good news for them. And I just think they got a pretty good team coming back. And 2021 is going to be an even better year for them, like you said. So just stay tuned for that and just see how they do in two years from now. Mm-hmm. Approaching the top five, I have Manhattan. Um, Manhattan has by far the best transfer class um, in this conference. Whether or not they're eligible is the question. If they are, I definitely think this team leapfrogs who I have at number four. Yes, I, I have Manhattan here as well. I do believe with that statement. Uh, do lose two starters, and they do lose some depth on their bench. However, if this team can get the waivers they need for these transfers, they're going to be a very good team. And this is going to be a middle-of-the-pack team once again, which they were this past season. But if these waivers are eligible, they're going to try and move into that top four. And I definitely think they have the pieces to do so, but it just all depends on if their waivers are going to be eligible or not. And if they are, expect this team to be a top four or maybe even top three team. If not, just expect them to be a middle-of-the-pack team because this team's still very decent, uh, regardless of these waivers or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I have. this is where I have St. Peter's. St. Peter's, like you said, they were a very surprising team. Uh, they play exactly like Florida State. They will play literally everyone, uh, mix and match their lineups, and use their depth to their advantage. Um, I feel like they're going to be successful due to that play style. And, yeah, that's why I have them at number four. Yeah, I mean, Florida State's definitely the representation here at St. Peter's. They definitely play like that same uh, play style uh, 100%. So I definitely think that's going to be the case. I think this team will be a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, they, could make it, they could make it to the top four, but I personally don't believe they will uh, just because they just lost out on so many guys in that rotation. There's going to be a lot of new guys in the rotation. Uh, similar situation to Iona, I guess, if you want to make a comparison, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I do have Iona here at number four, like I said. I believe this, this team has a very good chance to be good their first year. Uh, it's all depends on the chemistry, I believe, and under and the trust, obviously, under the first uh, year and the new coach, uh, Rick Pitino, obviously still a very good coach, uh, probably the best of conference now. Uh, but with six new newcomers, obviously, like you said, uh, the transfers, there are a couple of transfers coming in as well besides the newcomers. Uh, I just think chemistry is definitely lacking there. Uh, do return two starters and Ross and Gist. Uh, so those two are going to be the top two options, I believe, for this team once again. And if they can set a good example and the chemistry's there, who knows what this team can do. Obviously, it's their first year with all these new guys. So don't expect too high on them. But I think this team can definitely surprise and exceed your expectations and their expectations given. Personally, I believe that. Yeah. Um, approaching the top three, number three, I have Mammoth here. Um, this was my dark horse. Like I said, him is one of the, the few stars in this conference left that is returning. So you take them as far as you can. Yeah, uh, our top three is pretty much the same. I do have Monmouth here as well. Although they do lose two starters, one of them being second option, Ray Soundwave, which obviously transferred out. I think this team's still a very top-heavy one, and obviously returning Hammond. I mean, he's just such a spectacular player in this conference. So like you said, it's going to be as far as you can carry them, but – like you said, that uh, that bench and that depth presence is also still there. So they don't. He, Tam doesn't need to carry all the load. They got he got some guys that can help him out with that. So that's why I got them here in the top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I have Niagara here. Uh, Niagara, they've been a struggling program for a while now, 
everything in this conference that's been going on, I think I think they're going to make the jump into the top three, definitely. Yeah, definitely agree with you here. Uh, this is my dark horse team. Not really a dark horse, but this team's definitely going to make that jump just because of what's coming back and what other teams are losing. So it's kind of one of those situations. But uh, a lot of people should expect this one uh, to Niagara to be in the top three or top four. So I definitely agree with them there, and I think they're definitely bound for a very good year. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, um, letting you guys know, this is probably the easiest decision I've ever made in the conference previews. It's Sienna. If you pick anyone else to win this conference other than Sienna, there, there's something there's something wrong with you, would, would you say? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, you, might be, you might be thinking of a different conference or picking a different team. I, would, I wouldn't say something's wrong with you, but I would say uh, you might want to relook that over because I don't know if you made the right decision there. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is also – over before it starts um, this conference Sienna is going to run this conference it's over before it starts um, don't be surprised if they go undefeated in conference play don't be surprised if they slip into the top 25 one week and yeah I, I think they could be a sweet 16 team they could be a Cinderella team definitely yeah I mean that's a very big take there I don't know if we I, I could see it as a possibility but they do lose a couple of guys on this team from last year. Uh, they do lose two starters, lose a little bit of their bench. But like you said, uh, Pickett and Mulk Camper are two of their top three options who are coming back. So they're going to basically carry the team. And obviously the supporting cast is still very good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Sweet 16 team is a very bold statement. Uh, I definitely see them making it to pass the first round. Sweet 16 might be a big take there, considering what seed they're going to be. I mean – I don't. I think this team was going to be a 15 seed last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't see them being. I don't see them being anything higher than a 14 seed at the at the highest. Uh, so or the lowest, I should say. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think the team's definitely going to win the conference, and they're going to be the front runners. Sweet 16 is a very bold take. Top 25, I could definitely see it for a week. But uh, yeah, this team's definitely the front runner. Uh, I expect this team to easily win the conference, like you said. So mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, um, don't sleep on this conference. Uh, this offseason showed why you shouldn't sleep on this conference. They, they produced a lot of high major transfers. And yeah, just the talent last year was incredible. And this year, there's going to be a lot of new guys on the come up. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it all. I mean, this, this conference is still a very good one. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, there's a lot of guys that have departed from this conference. A lot of them transferred out to the high major role, and a lot of them also graduated. So don't, don't expect too much from this conference, as much as obviously last year. Last year was a very impressive race, and everything just went right that way. So I wouldn't expect too much on the conference, but I, d- I definitely think this is going to be a very competitive one to watch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that concludes today's episode. Uh, we are actually doing this during our lunch break. Our school lunch break so yeah yeah i mean pretty fun one mac wasn't too hard compared to the other ones but uh this this next conference we have coming up might be a very difficult one and that is going to be the mac a lot of very good teams in there uh competing uh we we, we talked to one uh obviously in justin turner who plays on bowling green so we, we we might have a heavily favorite there or maybe a biased opinion there but uh you're going to have to wait and see where we rank them. But regardless, it's going to be a very fun one. And I'm just very excited to finally cover it 
after we talked to him probably a couple months ago now. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, yeah, thank you guys for watching. Now we know that, like, that college basketball is officially back. Yeah, I mean, it's just very exciting. I mean, I'm, I'm amped up. I'm pumped up. I'm just finally excited to watch some college basketball. Obviously, not watching March Madness was a very disappointment, and we were skeptical on if the season would actually happen or not. But now that we have confirmation, uh, it's just going to be straight to the straight to the season, I guess. We're just very amped up and excited. But, uh, yeah, like you said, thank you guys for watching, as always. Hope you guys are staying safe, and uh, it's always March. Yeah, always much, baby.